welcome. You're listening to the Randy Russell Podcast. I am your guest host, Laurel Sulfate. It is my pleasure to introduce to you our guest for today, a man who drinks coffee out of a thimble. Randy Russell. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, nice, nice to see you. Um, Good to see you too. Since our last conversation, since the last time you were a guest on the show with me. Right. I know. It was, uh, I think, our first podcast. I'm, I don't really drink coffee out of a thimble. You don't. <laughs> I'm disappointed uh, to hear that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I find, try to find the largest coffee cup possible. So it's the opposite of a thimble, really. It should and, be yeah, like and, um, a man who drinks funny, coffee out of like, a soup pot. Yeah, like a, or a, or a, or a uh, yeah soup pot. Yeah, that's that's pretty big. Crock pot. You can't. Nobody can. See <laughs> An old crock pot that doesn't work. <laughs> no, but I I, you just I recently heat it up and leave it on the counter and then take ladles full as you need it. <laughs> I recently switched over to this really tiny little. It's really like a demitasse, and so actually it's funny because for some reason has big life change for me. Switch to tiny coffee cup. That would be that would be a hard switch for me too. I'm I feel like I have to pick a coffee cup that's exactly standard size. I I feel like the more generic and standard my coffee cup is, the happier I am. If it's too fancy, if it's too large, or it's too small, or too fussy, like I get crabby. Like I just want it to be just like a mug. So that's how I feel about coffee yeah. cups. No, I, me too. I, I like yeah, I like kind of simple. Right. Um, and I also don't like coffee cups that are black on the inside. Really? That, is it because you can't tell when your me. coffee is gone? Or? Yeah, because the coffee's black and the inside of the cup's black. And then I like the contrast. I didn't, the and then I didn't even think about that. And then you do that foolish thing where you go to like, you drink the bottom of your cup, but it's actually empty. And then you're just tipping the cup into infinity and nothing's coming out and you look like a fool. That would also, yeah. that would be bad. I do that. More more often though, I think I think it's emptier than it is and it's more full than it is. And then I spill coffee all over my shirt. That's what usually happens. I feel like I, it's not like a day if I don't do the thing where I like go to slam a beverage up to my face really like in a commercial at one point and then just like a dribble of it runs down the side like Dracula onto my shirt. That's... It has to happen at least once a day, and it's usually coffee, which is why I wear black all the time. Yeah, for me, yeah, me too. That's um, usually happens. I always spill something out of the side of my mouth. Have you ever, um, have you ever uh, stolen? Maybe not necessarily stolen, but somehow obtained a coffee cup from a place that you really liked. Oh, you mean like like this is. I haven't, well, I mean, I got like a Manio Motors coffee mug for free when I first started going to Manio Motors. It was like, it says, keep calm and take it to Manio. So I've had like promotional coffee mugs in that way. I don't know if I've ever just ended up with a coffee mug from a place I like. But when I was in high school, one of my best friends, we went to Perkins all the time, which I feel like we might've talked about going to late night places like Perkins a little bit. Oh yeah, probably. Um, but my friend would systematically steal one dish every time we went to Perkins so that by the time we, she went to college, she had a full set of dishes. So, oh, so she would just make a, she made, made a little one different dish every of, time. Yeah, yeah. Stealing one. I know you have to, I, you have to be careful 
you start doing that because of eventually then you get around to stealing two. <laughs> Pretty soon. At, at some time. And then it's. It would be really embarrassing well, maybe not. to get busted yeah. for too. Like uh, slipping like a, a Perkins plate into your bag. Yeah, I know. It would be just, it would just be embarrassing. I, what I'm impressed about is I never noticed her doing it. I knew that she did it. I knew that she would do it. And I'd seen the dishes like stacked in her bedroom where she stored them all. Uh, I never once actually witnessed her stealing the dishes. So she was good. She's good at her job. I wonder if she still has them. I should ask her. We're still friends. So I could message her and be like, hey, do you still have your set of Perkins dishes? And if so, may I have them? I have a, my, one of my favorite plates is this little white ceramic plate. That's just like a classic, it's very simple and it's a small, kind of a small ceramic plate, but my aunt gave it to me. I, I was at her, her 90 something birthday at the yacht club in Sandusky. And then there was some food there. And then she insisted that I take some with me. And I said, that's, this is on the yacht club's plate. I can't take this. <laughs> And she said, just take it, just take it. So she like made me take this plate. Doesn't You're like say the opposite yacht. of my friend who stole the plates. You're like, I can't do that. It's immoral. <laughs> no, I, 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 I felt like I, I felt bad about it. And I said like, I'm going to get, I felt like we were just going to get caught on the way out of the yacht club. And that would be really embarrassing. But, but she, she just insisted. She goes, they, they can, they can do, you know, do without one plate. And so now it's kind of like my favorite plate i only use like two plates because it's got generally. special meaning to you yeah it just and it does nothing yeah it doesn't say yacht club on it which i kind of wish it did yeah that's yeah that would be a i don't know that would be a bummer to have like a special plate that isn't actually like labeled as a special plate so nobody knows it and then everyone in the house is just like why are you always insisting on using that one plate i feel like you always do that though you like bond with a particular dish uh like in all of the dishes in your house, you have like a favorite plate, you have like a favorite mug, you have a favorite drinking glass, you have a favorite fork. I do anyway. And then you never really want to eat off of anything that's not those. And then you kind of start wondering why you have all the other dishes. Like you could just pare down to the essential, like figure out who's got what favorite fork and then just run with it, you know? Yeah, I'm especially like that since I live, since I live alone. I mean, I really could have the minimum and and I do I just have my favorites and um and I have no two you know like I have no two forks that are like to every every one is unique and they're like there's like one it's too big and I never want to use it and I get really annoyed every time I grab it and I go like I can't use that giant fork we have a couple of so I when I was younger I started collecting mismatched silver <clears throat> and I would like go to like the thrift store or the antique store and I would like dig around until I found like one perfect spoon and buy it. And I was like collecting them all. Um, and then at some point people started like giving me mismatched silver. So I have like a ton of like really weird spoons that are totally like nobody wants to eat off of them because like they're all really, really specialized spoons. Like I have a couple of Sunday spoons with a really long, long, skinny handle. Um, and I'm always kind of like mad at those spoons because they're always the last ones left when it's time to like like grab a spoon out of the thing and I don't want to use them. So I get like really resentful if I have to use one of the Sunday spoons to eat yogurt or something like that. I won't do it. All right. It's yeah. Useless. So I'll like you know go in the dishwasher and wash a spoon before yeah. I use the Sunday spoon. So I don't even know why I have them. Yeah. That's, I have. Yeah. That's, why can't you get rid of it? 
That's a, well, I have a hard time getting rid of anything. So that's. I'm not getting rid of them out of, out of cussedness because Eric hates them. So uh, for for the listeners at home, my husband, Eric, he hates my silver spoon collection that doesn't match because they don't match and we're opposites that way and they drive him crazy. So he brought home like a whole match set of stainless steel silver uh, silverware and I was like, I'm not using that. I'm just not, I'm not touching it. You can put it in the drawer. I don't care. I'm not using it. So like we have like, opposite silverware that we use. So I don't actually, I actually also hate the Sunday spoons, but I won't get rid of them because they're, they're my silver. So what are you going to do? I pass that crap onto my children, make them deal with it. The reason I ask about the coffee cup is because I do have a, I have a coffee cup that is from my favorite diner and uh, or like it was from my favorite diner ever. And it's just one of those really kind of classic old diner coffee cups. It's white ceramic. Yeah. And doesn't have the name of it on it. But it was it was Jerry's Diner in, in Kent, Ohio. And but for people who are like fans of Jerry's Diner, they would see that coffee cup and they would go, That's a Jerry's Diner coffee cup. So it's actually like would remember a little it. distinctive even, despite it being sort of like a plain, simple coffee cup. It's not that distinctive but it's distinctive enough yeah i, I can't I, i'm sure i was i've i've been at other diners that had similar cups and i probably always thought about that like that. oh that's like the jerry's coffee cup it's probably not the most common though one of the most common kind are the ones that are like brown and they're that's kind of they might have like at Perkins, you know. Like the I always light brown think of with like the speckle, and it's got like a little rim around it, and maybe it's like a little decorative rim. It might be brown, it might be like forest green, like that kind of thing. Oh, I know. You're, yeah, I know what you're saying. You, I, I, I can see that. That's not that's not what I was thinking of, oh. but I can. That's that's a really common one too. I'm thinking of those brown ones that they get they get wider at the top. They're they're oh, like oh I know what you're talking about yeah they're, yeah they're yeah. kind of like squished in the middle and they get wider at the top and I always I always call them the, um, I always call yeah like, yeah like a waist and I always thought they looked like the um, cooling towers that the nuclear reactors <laughs> so that's what I always, I would call those the nuclear reactor they kind of um, I feel like that's like maybe uh, I don't know if they still have those I think now Denny's has like labeled cups that say Denny's but like maybe like um like a Oh, what's the place with the pie? Like Boston Market? Is that what I'm thinking of? No, Baker Square, like a Baker's Square yeah, mug. Baker Square, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know that you could probably go to a place right now and find those, and I'm not sure. It might be, yeah, it could be Baker Square. Or that would be an excellent mission to set yourself Perkins. on. Like drive around Milwaukee having cups of coffee at different diners and restaurants and like kind of mark off what style of classic cup they have until you find the brown one that you're looking for. You could document the whole thing. I feel like you could make except a little thing out of that. Except I'm not crazy. I, I don't like those. Those are always, for some reason, I just never like those. I'm, but it's, but it's just, they're so distinctive. I'm not a huge fan of them, but I don't hate them. I think the ones I hate are the ones that try too hard to be cool. You know, like, uh, like the coffee shop up in, uh, Nina, Wisconsin that I've been to with Mark when I've been up there that has like the really small finger handles. So like 
it's like a big mug, like a big super modern mug. And then it's got this tiny little like for a fi- and your finger doesn't even fit in there. And you're like, I can't use this. This is a useless thing. Like those are the ones that piss me off. I wonder why they made that choice. Yeah, that that's annoying. Because they look fancy. They look very modern. They're very chic, but they're also useless for your hand. Yeah, that's 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 annoying. Have you trying um, to think of any other ones that, that that are like that are like that that really bug me? But I can't think of anything right now. It's been so long since I've been to a coffee shop or diner. That's why I was years just about now. to ask you. I was gonna say years. It feels like years. I was gonna say, have you actually been inside a coffee shop or a diner of late? Like when's the last time you went coffee shop slash dinering? Because that's I know that's one of both of our favorite activities, and that's real has been super limited by COVID times that we're in right now. Yeah, no, I, I went to um, the coffee shop near me um, one day when I was had internet problems. I was trying to use the Wi-Fi, and I got a, so I sat in there, and I got an espresso, but it was, in, you know, it was like a paper cup with a lid, so yeah. it just sort of seems so, you know, so unsatisfying as far as a cup. <laughs> big paper cup with a big plastic lid and, and then a tiny, tiny amount of espresso. Um I- I have to admit that I like. Jen, you know, I did go to a diner one time since COVID times. I like cheated and I ate inside a diner once. It was Benji's, which is my favorite diner. And I don't think I had like a really busy day and I was starving. I don't remember the context except I didn't want to make myself food and it was rainy outside and there was like no place I wanted to pick up food. And some part of me was just like, I know Benji's is open back up. Maybe I'll just go inside. I'll just do it. I'll just sit at the counter alone. And I was literally the only person sitting inside the restaurant and people were coming through for carryout. And I was sitting there and I felt like a jerk. Actually, I hated it. And I ate really fast and left. I was like, I feel so guilty being in here. I feel terrible. I feel like everyone's looking at me like, what are you doing eating inside a restaurant, you tool? And so I just like ate my food as fast as possible and left. It was not was not the experience I wanted at all. So well, that's too bad. Yeah. So they were actually allowing inside dining. They were. I mean, this was very, fairly degree. recently, like when I got, mm-hmm. like maybe three weeks ago, whenever it was the day that I had dyed my hair pink. It's the same day. And I was starving and I'd been at the beauty salon since like 10 in the morning and it was like four in the afternoon. So I was also driven by hanger. Which yeah, I, lo- I love Benji's. That's probably my favorite coffee shop, I think. I will look forward to going to Benji's. One day, yeah, I've had I've had some just really memorable times at Benji's. I don't not particularly memorable. I don't know. I I go there. I think I've gone there with other people more than alone, which most like Ma Fisher's. I've hardly ever gone with another person, so it's almost always alone there, and it's always kind of the same. The Benji's Benji's. I'm usually. With someone. That's the opposite of my experience. I live near the Benji's though, so I can walk to Benji's. Um, so that's often like a quick, easy place for me to go and get lunch. And I know I can sit at the counter and I love the food and I know all the servers and they chat with me and ask me how I'm doing. And there's usually at least two people having some sort of political discussion that you can kind of eavesdrop on. And it's really cozy. Um, and Ma Fisher's, I think I've been there like once, like when I moved to Milwaukee, it was sort of, it's like a late night thing for a lot of younger people to do, to go to Ma Fisher's. It's like their late night restaurant on the East side. So I, uh, I went with a group of people and I 
I actually hated it. I know it's like a Milwaukee institution, but I never ate there again. I think they charged after a certain hour, they charge you for your tip in advance. And I found that really offensive somehow because it was really bad food and really bad service. <laughs> so I was like, oh. Yeah, it's kind of, it's interesting. I kind of hated it at first when I first moved here. And the second apartment I had, it was across the street. It's like directly across the street. And around that time, I kind of, I didn't go there that much, even though it was that close. And it was because I think that the experience that I had was going with other, with, with people late at night. Yeah. It's like we were at, we were at a bar and then we would go to my Fishers and then, it, and they try, and they, they actually charge more for the, the menu changes, you know, they charge really? more at night. That I think so. doesn't surprise Pretty me sure. at all because I remember thinking the one time I went that it seemed very expensive for what I got, which was like a grilled cheese, which is what I always get when I go to a diner pretty much. But yeah, it was never the cheapest place anyway, but at, and then at night it would be, I think, more. And then, of course, there's always someone who's, you know, there's always someone who's a little bit disturbingly drunk then and yeah. wants to fight you or something. But <laughs> um, But then eventually I started going kind of regularly in the in the morning like on a weekend morning and i got to like it a lot more and for one reason i think is because i could always depend on being a seat there you know if you go some places there that are really trendy you have to wait and there would would always be a seat there and you know it'd be really busy and there'd be a seat and there there their cooks are the fastest too. They are so fast that that's probably that probably gets people moving through there pretty fast. But um, I like the sitting at the counter there. That's probably one reason why I got to like it. Any place with a counter, I'm generally going to like better than a place without a counter too. I feel like that's just like the restaurant rule of thumb. Like counters are always better. Yeah, for sure. Have you have you do you have you gone places that had only a counter? It's kind of rare. I have. I have gone to a few places like that. There was a place. This I don't know if you remember this place back in the day in the third ward. There used to be a really great diner. Uh, I think it was like the Broadway Bar and Grill, maybe. But it was like a like it was on Broadway, and then I think it turned into some like eventually like everything in the third ward got fancified, and it got it went away and they tore it down and they built like a fancy restaurant with like one of those like one word names where they like write it in splashy cursive and like a big sploosh across the side i think it was called sauce or something like that um Mm -hmm. but before it was sauce it was uh the broadway bar and grill and my friend lou and i like we went to the art school down the street so thursdays was was going out for lunch day like so thursday was diner day and we would always go to the diner and sit at the counter. And it was like two of those, like the double loop counter, you know, the kind of classic, yeah. was like the in-between place. Um, and the servers are just like in that little counter loop. And I remember very clearly that Lou always ordered a glass of milk with his meal, which I found sort of adorable and amusing because he was a grown man and he was very tall uh, ordering a glass of milk with his meal every day. So that's, and they oh, also had nice. really great grilled cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so... I went to that place a lot. Yeah, I remember that. I know exactly when you you were describing it. Yeah, it had the had the two those those like kind of horseshoe shaped counters. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love those those counters. 
Yeah, those those are my favorite kinds of diners, like that style of diner. I'm less fond of like Greek restaurants where you can get everything and they have like a giant menu. Like I feel like they always have like really fancy booths that are somehow intimidating. Oh yeah, well they yeah, they're cuz they're huge and they're more fancy than they should be. Yeah. No, they're 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 Las Vegas. I mean that's what I always assumed that it's Las Vegas style. And that's how they, you know, they they think we're going to make this like you're in Las Vegas. Everything's possible. You know, with its etched, etched glass. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, the light glass. wood. And like really ornate and, wooden, uh, wooden counter, wooden uh, booths with like, they always had some sort of weird, like sort of uh, brocade sort of like uh, upholstery on them. It was always oh, yeah, be like yeah. dolls of the world or dogs or something like that. Old fashioned cars. <laughs> In usually big, you know, really big booths. They would have like lights in the ceiling too. That the ceiling light fixtures always made me think of cruise ships, even though I've never been <laughs> on a cruise ship. Totally. But I um, I have that idea in my mind from the Poseidon Adventure, you know, because it's such a good image where the, tr- the ship turns over and then someone's hanging on something and then they fall down into the fall down into the ceiling light, which is now on the floor, of course. Somehow I don't. So I always thought of those ceiling lights as cruise ship lights. I don't think I've seen the Poseidon Adventure, which is weird for me because I love maritime disaster films. So it's I, but I haven't seen the Poseidon Adventure. I think maybe it's like it was too old for me, and I sort of missed it or something. But now I feel like I should go back and watch it, maybe even later tonight. Well, it is early seventies, I believe. Yeah, because they Um, also made a Night to Remember around the same time, which was like the Titanic movie. But I don't think I've seen that either. But they they did a remake of the Poseidon Adventure, which is, is unfortunate. I always think it's that, that kind of I think the worst thing to do a remake of. <laughs> I don't know why it's not going to be right because the, 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 the original is just perfectly fine. You know, watch the I mean, Gene Hackman's in the original one. Oh, man. And, you know, and it's like you can't you can't go wrong with Gene Hackman. This is He's a like, terrible question. Is his name is Reverend Hackman still alive? I feel I think, yeah, I think he is. I, I think haven't he's seen retired him in anything though. in a really long time. The idea of retiring from acting seems so strange to me. I know that actors have done it, but I feel like okay, I can see he might be, our sound you know, tech he, is over there Google, out of, Googling whether Gene Hackman's alive. <laughs> he might he might come out of retirement to do like a Wes Anderson movie. You know, that's the kind of what he would do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a hundred percent what I could see him doing. That would be amazing. But he's he's a little older now. But he's you no, know, he's just his is you know. There's like a scene where he's he's uh, he's, 90. he's ninety. He's uh sound tech says his name's his name's Reverend Scott. He's a he's a reverend. And there's a scene, you know, and everything they're trying to get out, and everything keeps going wrong. There's a scene where he's like hanging by a pipe, and he's he's yelling at God. That's you know, like God. You know, we did everything. He <laughs> got out of here. And he's like angry with God. So it's, he's, I mean, he's like, he's a, he's a good, good cast in that movie. I mean, it's, there's Shelley Winters is in it. Oh, Shelley Winters. And, uh, can't remember who else now. I'm going to have to see. But that. it's, but it's, you know, it's, a, it's, it was a, it was a big deal when it came, came out and everyone saw it, you know, and it's like early 70s. And I remember my, freshman English teacher being critical of it 
And it's, it's kind of one of those first times when I remember people being overly, you know, really criticizing popular culture. And I really, I, and so I really appreciated that. I thought like, I, you know, I love this English teacher. I thought like, this is great. It's like, yeah, this, this movie is kind of bad really, you know, but That's... I mean, it's pretty bad. It's bad, but it's, it's still, it's, it's a fun movie. I mean, I love. You can't go wrong with a ship turning upside down. I, I mean, love just... bad things, so I now I really have to see it. And I also like. So this is anybody who knows me knows that I'm one of my very favorite movies of all time is the the James Cameron Titanic movie, um, which I think got criticized in a very similar way. So it's interesting. There's like two shipwreck movies, like with this space in between them, uh, that kind of were like huge blockbusters that also got like. Although Titanic people, it won best picture. It won best picture. Everybody loved it until after it won best picture. And then everyone decided it was a piece of shit. And then everyone like now everyone just makes fun of it and hates it. And I don't, I feel like the only reason that that happened is because it was wildly popular. People decided it was crappy, but I feel like it, it is corny and it is terrible, but in like only the best ways and it really holds up. So now I feel like I have to add Poseidon adventure to my to my resume here so that I can love them both. Cause I think Poseidon adventure sounds like a movie that needs my love is what it sounds like to me. I don't, did you see the, did you see the movie like Titanic, it. the James Cameron one? Yeah. I'm, I'm like one of the, well, I felt like, I felt like everyone loved it and I was one of the people who hated it the first time I saw it, but I was critical for other, re you know, I didn't like the, the, the framings, stuff in it like the, the whole frame, frame. Story, yeah 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 the frame story and 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 i was so i was really critical of it and i saw recently it was on tv i think i've watched more tv in the last half year than i've ever watched so like anything that's on tv that has actual has a story yeah i watch like oh there's actually a there's a narrative story going on but then i i sort of forgot how much fun this stuff just the ship sinking with the room's filling with water. I mean, it's just, you can't go wrong with that. Right. It, like, no, exactly. You're talking about the, one of those the things. camera. Yeah, one. the water's rising. The water's rising. Yeah, the it, water's rising. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's absolutely like... And I someone's mean, handcuffed. Yeah, handcuffed to something. I would lie and pretend like I'm only waiting through the, the frame story to get to the ship sinking, that that would be untrue. I love both halves of the movie, but uh, for different reasons. Like, I love the frame story because from a feminist perspective, it's essentially like taking the manic pixie dream girl trope and kind of gender flipping it uh, because Leonardo DiCaprio is a manic pixie dream boy. Like... Kate Winslet is the star of the film. Like she's the main character, Rose, and she comes in and her life is shitty and she wants to change it. She doesn't know how. And this like magical boy who like rides horses and like makes crazy bets and just like really like grabs life by the horns, like shows up in her life and teaches her how to live. And then he just dies tragically at the end and she learns great lessons and goes on to have like a totally awesome life. So I love that gender flip of the manic pixie dream girl uh, stereotype that makes me really happy. Um, I think that Cameron is really great at thinking about gender uh, in those kinds of ways, and that makes me really happy for an action director. But also, like I'm, I've been obsessed with the Titanic sinking since I was like four or five. Whenever it was like 1984 that they discovered the shipwreck, finally, like Ballard found it on the bottom of the sea. Um, so, like, and Cameron is also obsessed with it. So like the entire film is as historically accurate as you could possibly get 
watching the Titanic sink uh, right, right down to like the carpet patterns and the wallpaper and the dishes, which actually I was thinking about that when you were talking about like the coffee cups, um, because you can actually buy like reproduction Titanic dishes. Um, and like they had different dishes for every like tier of passengers. So they're like third class dishes, which were really plain. And then there's like second class dishes, which are a little fancy. But then the first class dishes are like insanely like Tiffany fancy. Um, and I really like the second class dishes the best because they kind of hit the sweet spot. Um, but anyway, I really, yeah. So when you're talking about like souvenir cups, like what I really want is a souvenir Titanic coffee mug for myself. But Oh, yeah. But that's why I love the movie Titanic. And people are like, but it's so corny. And I'm like, yeah, but like sometimes corny things are good. You know, like you can't beat Bill Paxton being like, I never let Titanic in until now. Like it's the best line in the movie. It's so good. Um, and it's terrible. Like, so I don't know. There's like, I have a great love like, of terrible like things. corny movies a lot. <laughs> it's, it's wait, well, they just, they discovered it that late. That. I didn't know. Yeah, 1984. Um, oh. And it was 84, 86. I feel like I get even numbers mixed up. But one of those... It's one of those years. things when you're when you're growing up, you hear about it, and it's such a... It's, I don't know what, kind of what it means, just in the... To, like, young kids learning about it, but it's like, yeah, this is the unsinkable ship. Right. And, and they just said, it's unsinkable. And then... And it, and, it just, and it sank so it's like it's almost like saying like oh there's a global pandemic but it's really a hoax and then getting that pandemic you know and then getting sick with that that illness it's like the same same satisfying feeling but not um so yeah yeah the, i think anything i think people who were people who are just are are so um they 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 uh disrespect nature so much they just go, okay, we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. yeah icebergs are, are, are to be respected. Well, contextually, I mean, there really hadn't been like a huge disaster at sea uh, on any of those cruise ships for like so many years that it seemed impossible. Like cruise ships were like the airplanes of their day. So people were sh shooting back and forth across the sea all the time and nobody ever died and nothing bad ever happened. So by the time they got to Titanic, they had just kind of forgotten that you can still die in the ocean, basically. Um, it was like a weird, uh, but it was a weird confluence of like so many bad things happening at one time. Like if any one of the bad things hadn't happened, one detail had been different, everybody would have lived or the ship wouldn't have fully sunk or whatever. So which I also find kind of fascinating, like that idea of like uh, the confluence of fate or something like that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, just the, all the things just falling into place. Yeah, that's, that's why it's kind of satisfying as a story. Sort of like a... Like a Michael Mann film. Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> ah, if only... I'm watching Columbo right now because it's Sunday night and I always watch Columbo. It's like the one thing I watch every Sunday night. Are you watching um, Columbo but, like right now while we're doing the podcast? <laughs> except it's commercial, commercials. <laughs> you know, there's so many commercials. It isn't. Um, but it's just very, it's very comforting to me. Um, I kind of hate Columbo. I kind of hate it in a way too. It's it's weird. It's like something I love and hate at the same time. But I, I but I, I love Peter Falk, but it's, um, 
the, the one last week was on a, a cruise ship, which is, which I think was maybe probably only one Columbus, Columbo episode on a cruise ship. How did Columbo just get onto the cruise ship? Was it just coincidence, like he was supposed to be on vacation, but then it just happened to be that there was a murder mystery to solve? Yeah, he, well, he was with his wife, and you still didn't see her because you never see his wife, you know? And so he keeps talking about her. Oh, I can't, I'm trying to find Mrs. Columbo, and he's talking to, to you know, the people on the ship and yeah and then there's a there's a murder and um and so he's not really even supposed to be investigating it of course because everything falls under maritime law you know and so there everyone's annoyed with him because they're saying like you're not you know you're not this is not in your jurisdiction you can't do this and he's you know he just kind of goes ahead with the investigation because he can't help himself because he just he immediately sees the thing that doesn't make sense to him and he knows something's fishy. Do you think he's re relieved that he's got work to do on the cruise ship? Or do you think he's like, oh, man, I tried to get a break, you know? No, yeah, no, because he just, everywhere. He, he's just enjoying himself so much. Yeah, no, I think he's, he, I think he is relieved. <laughs> so have you ever gone on a cruise ship never, yourself? Never, ever. I've been. I've been on boats a lot my whole life. Like my dad was one of those guys who always owned a boat. So, um, I've, but like small, like lakes and fishing and things like that. But, um, I've never been on a boat on the ocean at all. Um, and I don't know if I would actually, I mean, I would probably like being on a cruise ship. I was going to be like, I don't know if I'd even like it, like all bougie, but like, honestly, I would probably like it. Cause I would be like living out my Titanic fantasies, running to the end of the boat and throwing my arms out and calling myself the king of the world. Let's be real. But um, but also cruise ships strike me weird because it's basically like a really just giant floating hotel and like resorts in general kind of weird me out because I don't know how much of whatever you're going to see you actually see when you're in a resort. So like, do you feel the ocean? Have you been on a cruise? No, I haven't. I haven't been on them. And I, I kind of wonder, too, if it would be, you know, just... It would just be kind of gross and like, yeah, yeah, not even feel like you're on the ocean. But then you maybe you would feel, I don't know. It's like, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm sort of curious. I I mean, I, I wouldn't, I would expect to hate it probably just because the, pe the people who are out, you know, the people would probably be annoying and yeah. the food would be gross. And, but on the other hand, it's like. No diners at all. If you. They're, they're, yeah, there might even be a, you know they have several restaurants. There might even you might find one that's kind of you know, that's the, the 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 one that no one else likes. You know the little coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, little coffee shop on the on the boat. If like if you're someone who likes if you could run around and explore that and, you know that part I would like fun, about like, a cruise ship to see you know just to walk around and see every single part of it that you can actually see. It might be fun. Hard to say. I think that part I would enjoy, but I enjoy that kind of anywhere that I am. Like if there's a place for you to like, especially if there's a way that you can like sneak off and explore things that you may or may not be supposed to be there. Like those are always the best things to explore. I feel like a cruise ship would have lots of those like weird closets that you're not supposed to go in and stuff like that. Like you could really get lost in there. That'd be pretty satisfying. Yeah, I would, I would think that'd be the most fun if you could do that yeah i've stayed in like weird old hotels and then gone off into the places where you weren't supposed to go because they didn't have the doors locked 
Yeah. Like there's one in my hometown that's a famously haunted one. And I went into the attic. When I stayed there, I went into the attic. That's right. Because you like staying in haunted hotels, right? That's like a side hop. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't even, it's like, I don't even know if it necessarily is. I mean, I know that, you know, there's a lot of people are really into it. But um, I think I like places that are old and weird more. You know, if I actually probably had, if I was actually in place, a place where there that was haunted and it was just, you know, it might be too scary for me. I wouldn't necessarily like that if I was actually scared. Right. But I like, I just like, you know, the, the places are, they're interesting and have strange qualities. When I was uh, a kid, my mom worked at this office and she would often like go in and do overtime on weekends. And I was like, maybe like, you know, like 12 or something. And she would just bring me with, um, and like, she would install me at somebody else's cubicle, like empty cubicle while she was doing her work. And I would entertain myself by drawing and then using the photocopy machine and like making comic strips and things. But one of my other favorite things to do is she would like give me a couple dollars to go find the snack machine. And I would just run around the entire like empty office building and they had like automatic lights, you know, like motion sensor lights. So like the lights would be off in all the departments where there were no people and they would turn on when you walked underneath them. So I would try and not set off the motion sensor lights and like sneak around as slowly as I could all over the building. And I had these like big like grand stairways and things like that. It was sort of like a 70s office building with like a glass elevator. It was kind of chic looking, chic office. Oh, that sounds, yeah, that sounds fun for, for, for a kid to be able to do that. Yeah, I could never do that where my dad worked at a big foundry where they poured molten metal. Oh, wow. So it was extremely dangerous. So I was never, I mean, I got a, like a tour through there one time, but it would be really dangerous to run around. Just bring there. your kid to work and let them run around wild. Yeah. Yeah, because people actually did get killed in, in, in there. I mean, it was just like really, it was scary. But it was cool to see it. I mean, you know, and it just, I always thought like, I never want to work somewhere like that. That's like terrifying. Yeah, no kidding. They have those, these big vats and they're pouring. You could see the molten metal that's, you know, orange pouring and everything. It's just, everything is noise and smoke. And it was like just horrifying to see it. My friend Lou, the one who used to order milk at the diner, he uh, was like a, he was a sculpture major. I was a drawing major, um, but he ended up working in an art foundry for a long time. And that's what he did, but on a much smaller scale. Um, but I remember one time, like he was pouring the crucible and something happened where like one of the handles came loose or something and the crucible dropped and spilled um and it was mostly fine except like one little like splash of molten metal like flew up and he wasn't wearing his protective footwear he was just wearing tennis shoes that day and totally just like burned right through his toe like and he had to be like with a he had like oh. crutches and everything for a while and that was that's just dangerous. a tiny foundry so yeah no, that's, yeah it's dangerous. well you know heating metal till it's liquid that's Seems like a potential for not to go wrong. Um, what kind of foundry did your dad work at? It was well, they made um, uh, steel cylinders, metal cylinders. They're used in in, in paper, um, and 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 paper making machines. Oh, like for so like he, he would go the... to he would go, he would go to Wisconsin a lot. Yeah, they so they so they just made these big giant. Metal cylinders, yeah, that they were in, they were in paper manufacturing. So 
That's the one thing I remember when I was little, where he went on business trips, like in small airplane, you know, and they were going to Belight. So I was going to Belight. <laughs> How glamorous. And, uh, yeah. I go, where's, you know, I just heard that that word and I go like, where's, where's Beloit? My dad's family Beloit is there. from Beloit. That's, I, that's where all my relatives are on my dad's side are in Beloit. So there must've been paper, paper mills there. Um, so they, they, they made this cylinders, but you know, like a centrifugal force. So there's these things that would spin and then the molten metal would go on and then it'd spin it just seems like who figures out how to build those things in the first place is crazy. Engineers, I guess. <laughs> seems crazy. It seems crazy though. That's true. It does. So you know, one of those, and you know, just they're and just they're so big and so big and weird. We went to we used to go to the Unitarian Church in my hometown, um, which was in an old house so it wasn't a church building at all it was just an old house and we all and they only had service every other sunday so i, I like that church <laughs> when we started going there i thought that was like so that makes so much more sense every other sunday that actually totally makes so much more sense because you want to sleep in on weekends you don't want to get up early and yeah. get dressed in fancy yeah. clothes and then go listen to somebody say boring things like as a kid yeah, that was like variety. the greatest torture was going to church and, and no one you know no one dressed up there either so it was, it was really casual and um but they didn't have a Sunday school there, which is also good. That was even that was the best thing. So my neighbors went there as well. And so me and my like neighbor neighbor kids and my brother, we would go exploring the house during the service. So we didn't have to sit in the service so we could explore the there's like this old house we could explore. So we'd go into the attic and um I feel like we thought there was, there was an, a mummy in the attic, but I don't know if we just made that up. <laughs> I remember someone talking about a mummy up there, and we would go to the like the uh, I don't know what he's he's calling the unit. If it was a pastor or whoever was the the minister that was the head of the church, it was like really non-Christian for the most part. But anyway, we would go into his office and we would make sit in at his desk and we'd make prank phone, phone calls <laughs> and. Um, that's amazing. And we in the basement. There was an old bar in the basement. It had been a very. It was a mansion at one time. So there was this bar in the basement. So we would go into the bar and we would kind of act like we were at a bar. Um, and then we also could go out and explore in the downtown a little bit. I guess we were allowed at some point. And there was a um, a Frisch's big boy. And um, that we we could we could go to by ourselves. So this maybe the first coffee shop or diner type place I was ever allowed to go to by myself was while we were at church. And then we'd go to Frisch's Big Boy, and we'd have some money, and we would get like didn't drink coffee yet. Would you like uh, like pull your money and get a thing of French fries or something like that? I think we'd, I would probably I'd get strawberry pie. That's what I always like to get there. Their strawberry pie was kind of famous. It's one of those ones that had the the drive-in, though, you know, with or the car drive-in with a little metal roof, you know, a carport, oh, yeah. and they had the metal speaker, like, and they would put in your car. I don't know they, if they I would they would bring that. I don't know if I've ever eaten it or food out like that. I like. I always like. I remember like seeing those, and they they still even exist now. But I feel like I never like ate at a place that had like car hops or anything like that, or that had like the outdoor thing 
I always felt like that was like an old yeah, and the roller skate ones. thing. Yeah, the roller skate ones. Like I never experienced any of that. That's like, I was so recently. Well, there was one that was open. Open recently, wasn't it? I mean, I don't even know if it's still open. I think I mean, there kind still of are a few. Corny and retro. Right. Usually. You know, because post-Happy Days, they were all kind of a little bit more corny. You know, it was like, okay, this, this is like Arnold's drive-in, you know, and. Happy Days so is like it, takes it kind place of got in Milwaukee, less... doesn't it? Is I feel like I remember that yeah. from the Hazen yeah. memory, right? Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, you know, and, and there was that one that's near that's in the suburbs here. That's it's either based on or maybe that it was it was based on the Arnold was based on or or something. I don't remember, but or, or vice I wasn't that interested in it because it was like at the, the point where I moved here. It's you know in the two thousands. It's already like okay, this is just. It's a fake 50s restaurant now, and it's a little annoying. Oh, yeah. Well, there was like, that was like a huge thing, like starting in like the 80s, too. Like the weird, like 50s nostalgia restaurants where like the floor is checkerboard and there's like pictures of Elvis everywhere. They had one of those, they had one of those in Madison that I used to go to a lot. And I actually really liked it, I think, but mostly because it had diner food. So I was like, well, okay, well, this one's kind of corny, but I'll take it. It's not an authentic diner, but yeah, usually it's very it's degrees like how you know it's 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 really over the top, too much fifties, or it's part you know like oh there's a half hearted, you know there's a cutout of James Dean or something you know and cut out of cardboard cutout Elvis and Marilyn and oh yeah, and, but sometimes they would just go overboard with the the checkered design and right and the neon and too like, much yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So, the, you know, the ones that were kind of more functional seemed a little better. Did you ever go to the Michigan Michigan Street Diner? I don't think that's open anymore either, like downtown in Milwaukee. Is it yeah, closed been, now? Yeah, that, it's closed now. Yeah, that's because the hotel went in there. Yeah. yeah. So it's been gone since that hotel went in, at least. That was another but one. I used to like, go there regularly, too. Yeah, because they had like a corny, yeah. like they had a bad 50s cutout, but like that was like the only effort they made. But it, like the restaurant actually looked like it had been there since the 50s. And they were just like, oh, I guess we'll do a retro thing. And they had like a weird, I don't remember if it was like, I think it was Marilyn Monroe, but I don't remember exactly. Like, yeah. I feel like they kind of half-assed. Yeah, I think that's, you know. To, like get the retro vintage vibe and then just gave up. Right. That's what, yeah. That's what I kind of mean. It's like the, it's almost better that they half-assed do it, right, you know. And right. then like, okay, there we did what we had to, and it's like it's, <laughs> we tried. You know, it's, it's shorthand. It's shorthand for diner, and then, but over time, it just becomes what it is. You know, it's like people are going for breakfast and lunch and coffee, and you know, inexpensive diner food. Yeah. And there's regulars there, but I like that place. Yeah, I was. Uh, so speaking of regulars, I remember so when we were kind of like talking about having this this uh uh chat, like one of the things you mentioned as a subject was the idea of like regulars and like having regulars at a diner um or a coffee shop or whatever, uh versus having um like being a regular versus like sort of having regulars. I think we kind of talked about doing that a little, like talking about that. And like whether or not you ever like had a crush yeah, on your server or something like that. I think there was like I feel like yeah, this is a you, conversation you, you wanted you to have. Worked as, yeah, no, I'm I'm I, that's a subject I've, I'm interested in. Be, well, for one thing, I'm I'm working on writing something now, and that's kind of 
it's not the main theme of it, but it's a really important element. And it's kind of not in a, it's kind of a period time. I don't say the time period. Um, so anyway, so my character, my character is going to this, has this regular diner that he likes. And, um, so for one thing, he's referring to the waitress and I, I don't even know if, do people even use, do people use the word waitress anymore? Is that I do. seen as annoying? I personally do, but I've had people correct me, which I think is funny because I'm like, I'm a waitress and people are like server, which is the gender neutral. And I guess like more professional. Yeah, say server Sometimes not, I will right? say server, yeah. but I like, I like the term waitress because I like kind of, I like the connotations that it makes people think of like it's kind of more literary i don't know not to be corny or anything but like waitress i feel like has all sorts of associations it pulls up and feelings and things and server sounds kind of like i maybe i work at a tgi fridays i don't know like server sounds like over professionalized to me like saying like uh associates instead of like you know like saying like my boss oh yeah yeah no, yeah that kind of those, thing there's new words are sometimes and right sometimes annoying but so, so i say waitress but about I, myself but i'm sort of doing a well that's well yeah i guess you know there's always going to be someone will get make it upset with me but it's kind of a period piece where it wouldn't be a it would if i said server it would be weird right right it would be like okay he's you know, it would just be kind of wrong. But then the other side of it is like the character has obsessed with one of the waitresses. And and so, and so he's used a, as a place who have worked at a place at places and actually been regular. You've kind of have a good perspective of both. Yeah. And I kind of, and I kind of wonder how you feel about a guy who would come to a place because it's usually going to be a guy at a place and there's women working and then he gets obsessed. I have, I, I have had that how... happen for sure a couple of times. Um, some of, I had one customer at a deli that I worked at. Um, so I wasn't technically a waitress. I was like the counter girl at the deli, but um, he was very sweet, very nice guy. He, he asked me out on a date and I said yes, initially not realizing that it was a date. And then when I realized it was a date, I felt like really dumb. Like he asked if I wanted to hang out and do this thing that we had like, and I don't even remember what it was anymore. It was like some, something he, we were both interested in. He was like, Oh, we could do that. And I was like, okay, sure. And like, it just like completely went over my head that it was a date. Um, I felt really bad. And I actually had like, literally i think just broken up with a boyfriend like a week before that or something and i was like ah ew. so then i had to like call him and i was like i'm really sorry i didn't realize this was a date i don't really want to have a date right now and everything and like um and he was very nice about it but then he basically just like kind of continued like he never like stopped asking me to go on dates um and I, at that age, I was pretty young at the time. I was like in my twenties. So I was like really bad at just being like, no, I'm not interested. So just always having to come up with like a weird excuse as to why I couldn't make it that time, you know? Um, whereas if I was older, I'd probably be like, Hey, I'm, you know, really flattered, but I'm not interested. But back then I felt like it was like a weird sin to say, just like absolutely say no to somebody like that. So and that was like, hey, it was like, oh, a whole, yeah. like a year, mm -hmm. maybe a year of saying no to dates. And he meant well. He wasn't like creepy or anything. He was a nice person, sweet, nice person. I just wasn't interested in him. But 
Yeah, I'm sure. Well, you know, there's always the whole, you know, there's just a lot of people who are creepy. That's true. And I've, and and I've had those too. Mostly I've seen in mov- movies. <clears throat> but, you know, because I wouldn't notice. I can't think of those times when I've noticed in person when I've been at a place when I think like, Stan, that's a guy's really being inappropriate. But I'm sure that it must happen a lot. And I've seen, you know, you've seen it a lot in movies, of course, because it's something that exists. Right. And, um, but it just seems, it seems like, yeah, ask, actually asking someone out, it seems just way over the line to me. I mean, but, I, but I just kind of wonder, you know, it's like, so I always kind of felt like I'm not, you know, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't ask anyone out. But then ultimately, you know, eventually I started to think like, was I just really annoying or or even gross because I'm sitting there looking at someone? Right. You know, because you're sitting at the counter and the person's working and they have to be there working. They have to be there. Right. And you're sitting there because you choose to come in and eat. And then you're, you're, you know, and it's not, not particularly staring, but am I staring? I don't know. I'm looking at someone. I'm thinking about them. Right. I mean, sometimes just, you're just kind of thinking about them. To what extent them, like, is that right. inappropriate? That's an interesting, like, sometimes you're just thinking about them because they're just like there to look at and you're just kind of contemplating the world around you and doesn't mean anything. So, I mean, in that case, I don't think that that's particularly bothersome, but oh, that's hard to say because I do feel like a lot of guys pressure servers into like kind of feeling almost like they have to flirt back or at least not outright reject them super hard. Like they have to figure out a way to do it in a way that's kind of like nice because you're their server and you're working for them. So I feel like like the power dynamic is off basically. (coughs) So I'm not saying that it's never the right thing to do. Well, definitely it's not an equal thing. Yeah. But it's definitely like, yeah. And I've definitely had that happen where like I had a customer who came on really strong and ended up going on a date with him that I really didn't want to go on. And again, this happened when I was, it was actually the very first serving job I ever had. And I was really young. I was like maybe 22, 23 or something like that. (coughs) And he really, really, really wanted to get coffee after I was done with my shift and I didn't have any tools at that time to say no to him. And we ended up going on just like, the worst date. It was terrible. And we clearly weren't compatible. Um, and I clearly was not really that interested and was just there to be nice and ended up basically getting into a, like a fight with him, like an argument at the, the restaurant that we went to. Cause he kept asking me, he's like, how am I doing? So what do you think? You think you could date me? And I was like, I, I, this is a lot of pressure. I don't, I, I gotta go. This is too bad. I can't do this. And then he got mad at me for leading him on. Uh, yeah. And I, all I remember really specifically is yeah, telling right. him like, cause I had walked to work that day cause it was like in the neighborhood, like my job. So I remember just turning around being like, don't follow me home. <laughs> Which of course he probably really wasn't, but. <laughs> <laughs> so we've only got, we got about like four minutes left to chat. So, um, so we, I guess we should probably wrap up soon, but before that, maybe it just, I want to like, so like coming from the customer crush perspective, have you felt like you've had crushes on, on waitresses and you've never asked any of them out? Well, well uh, yeah, no, I, 
I did have a a crush one time, like I had a crush on waitress. This was like quite a long time ago, and I feel like it would be impossible for me now, but then maybe that's just because I'm old now, or maybe it's because I'm more, a little bit more, maybe I'm more sensitive to, to people's psychic feelings. I mean, I never did anything like remotely flirtatious even, but I, what I would do is sit with my, you know, what I, I always like sit in places and write in my notebook. And I always feel that there's a, like a side to that that's a little bit aggressive. Or people could see it as that. Like, what are you writing? You know, like, you're, what are you, you're writing in your notebook. You know, and, and so I always kind of kind of felt a little bit weird about that. But there was a time when I, there was one time when I did have a, I did have a, a, a crush on this waitress and and I, w- I would sort of really look forward to going there because I just thought, I thought she was fascinating I said she's just and I didn't even think of it and I don't think sexually except except in the extent that you know there's always everything's somewhat sexual I guess it's, it's hard to, 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 to deny it and to some degree but I didn't think like oh I really want to go out with her oh I wish I could ask her on a date I wouldn't want to go out with her or I could imagine us going out or I was just kind of, it's just, a, it's just a, an obsession in some other way. But it, but it, but it was like, I wonder, you know, like I, I wonder, I just, I, I always kind of, I feel bad, bad about it now. And I wrote about it a lot too. That's the other thing is that I wrote stuff in stories about the character going to have a, being having a crush on the waitress and then and then it would because i'm writing fiction i would make it maybe a little bit more more obsessed than i was really obsessed right you know maybe my own obsession was a little bit mild or just a little bit manufactured to make life interesting or um i think i've definitely make, done you know that. have something to look forward to you go there oh yeah yeah but you know, and and in the writing of the, the fiction, I can make it more of an obsession. Um, but but it, but it, I guess if, you know, and, and I'm sure if people are impatient with that with that uh, storyline, I don't blame them. But something I've done a lot, and I'm now I'm doing it again. <laughs> and my so, but it's a whole different a whole different thing that I'm working on now. I've been working on writing lately. Oh, and so I had a new, I'm writing something new, and so it's 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 you know, and it's it's especially you know, it's now where I'm at home, twenty three hours a day, and not going to any restaurants, and have insomnia every night, and I wake up in the middle of the night and and write, which I've never done before, and so I'm writing about a person going to a, going to a co- coffee shop. Because you're not, you know, a fictional not character going right to a fictional now. coffee so, shop, like wish fulfillment in a weird way. Yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, it is kind of like that. Um, but I have a kind of a good. It's, it's, it's kind of like the backdrop of a, a good story. I think it's not the point of the story; it's more the backdrop to yeah. it. So I'll see if it works out. Yeah. Usually, I don't like talking about stuff that I'm working on at the time, but um, seeing how I don't talk to anybody all day long. Now you're like, I got to talk to you know, someone. You could probably get me to talk to about anything at this point. <laughs> like yeah. the Titanic and my obsession with it. 
Thanks for putting up with that. Yeah, we could, yeah, we could, yeah let's talk about the Titanic for hours. I, I mean, I could, fine. I could. I'd be fine with that. Um, so we're so we're coming up towards the end of the podcast. Um, before we close out, so I I understand that uh, there's a new feature to the podcast that I think uh, when I, I was first hosting uh, we didn't get to do. So I'm curious whether you would want to do a psychic test for the end of this episode. I don't know if you've got your psychic test materials. Oh. I don't even know what your materials are for this. No, I don't. Test, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't even have the. I don't know where the materials are. Actually, I've lost oh, no. everything. Um, no. I mean, I can tell you right now that I. But you know, part of the psychic test, we can do a. We can do a simplified. Okay. Version. Okay. Cool. I don't know if it's going to work. Uh, remotely like this. I don't know. I mean, like we kinda, have to be in the I same think room. It kind of depends on being in. the <clears throat> same room yeah, i don't know either but but we could try try still you could think about you can concentrate on one of these um classic psychic test symbols okay. and then i'll try and guess what you're thinking of like the like in the ghostbusters movie i think that's probably the point of reference that everybody has okay so i'm gonna pick a symbol here okay i got my symbol i'm thinking about it Is it a uh, star? No. <laughs> but I will tell you what, star was my second runner up. So I wasn't, I'll tell you my thinking, I wasn't going to pick the wavy lines because they were too Ghostbusters-y and I figured probably everyone picks the wavy lines. If I had to choose what I think is the most popular one, it would be the wavy lines. So I was like, no, that's too easy. And the next one naturally to pick would be the star because it's the coolest symbol out of all of them other than the wavy lines. Like everyone's going to pick the star. It's very appealing. And then I was like, no, no, a little too obvious. I don't like straight lines. So I'm not picking the square and I'm not picking the plus sign. So I picked the circle because the circle... You know, oh, it's like sort of, I feel like circle is sort of um, universal. There's so many things. So I picked the circle. And it's a circle. Well, yeah, well. But well, I almost picked the star. Well, I'm 0 for 16 on the uh, <laughs> psychic symbols. Now, I think I've guessed one before, but probably because this guess, this uh, test is a little bit loaded. Since everyone likes three wavy lines, that's what I'm saying. Everybody I think picks people the like them just lines. because they're called three wavy lines. I think so too. Three wavy lines. Why three wavy lines? I, I when think... I did the psychic test with my mom when I was little, that we didn't have three wavy lines back then. They we didn't had. Have it. I did it with my mom where we had we had square, star, circle, triangle. They add and the wavy lines. These geometric shapes. Much later, like in the Lucky Charms, when they started adding the purple horseshoes. And then it was red balloons. And I don't know, they have unicorns and stuff. And now the colors are all mixed up. And I feel like they've really ruined yeah, it. Ruined Lucky Charms. I'll still eat them, though. But no, purple horseshoes. That sounds, that sounds good. Yeah. I just like just purple horseshoes. I just got, I know so, this is. We're supposed with to my be mom, I, I, I did really well. So with your mom, you did really interesting. Do you think that it was because yeah, yeah. you two so, are uh, around each other all the time and kind of like can vibe each other a little bit because you know each other really well? Like, what if you did the test with somebody who you were really... Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, that might that might uh, might work better. I don't know. It's it's just, it, you know, my mom was maybe psychic, or maybe I was. You know, everyone's psychic to some degree. It's just like how how you can direct it. it um, but it, but it freaked me out when I was a little. <laughs> I was like scared me. So I did well enough that it actually scared me. That's so just that's one awesome. one of the many things I was scared about as a kid. I was scared of a lot of things. As but a kid. it did scare me. It was kind of. I think being scared of. You want to try and guess a, a movie now? Oh yeah, so we should do a movie. Okay, so I'm gonna think of a completely, completely different movie than Titanic, and completely different movie than Poseidon Adventure. Not gonna think of any of those, and trying to make pick a movie that's not related to either of those. Um. Okay, I've got it. I've got a movie. Is it, um, let's see, I'm seeing a pine tree. <laughs> no pine tree. <laughs> I'm seeing um, a beach. No, is there a beach? Yeah, it's, uh, is there a ship docked out there? Not the Titanic. It's maybe a, there's, um, what's that, there's that actor. I know that guy. Is that? That guy is creepy, creepy actor. Um, is it, it the Fury? No. Fury. Is it Fury or the Fury? No. Do you know that movie? I don't actually. I don't know that movie. Don't ever watch it. There's a creepy actor yeah, in it. It's so scary. So okay, what's what's extra funny is like so like I'm like listening to you go through it and you're like who's that actor and I'm like it's George Clooney and then you're like he's a creepy guy. <laughs> <laughs> George, that wasn't George Clooney. I know. It was Andrew Stevens, I think. So the movie yeah. I was actually thinking of was Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a good one. It's George Clooney. And I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't even close to that. No. As soon as you said there was like a, a doc and stuff, though, I almost wanted to just edit my thinking towards what you were like guessing. So, but I tried really hard not to. Then I was like, maybe there's a dock in Oh Brother we're out there. And I just, there actually is a scene in water. There's that. Like, there's like the scene in the, there's like a creek where there's the three sirens. Oh, yeah. Frogs. Yeah. I thought you yeah. was a toad. That one, that part. <laughs> and there's a. Uh, and John Goodman's pretty terrifying. What else? Movie. So he's fine trees. Yeah. There's there a, lot of, a lot of trees. Terrifying. Yeah, some uh, that that uh, hair pomade. Oh yeah, that's the most memorable image to me. I feel like that's hair like pomade. the most famous scene in the movie. Like I don't, which I need. I think I <laughs> maybe I do too. Got a little frizz going on here. Maybe I won't have to get a haircut. I'll just get some pomade. Just slick it up right on back. Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess this is the this is officially the end of the podcast. Then, unless do we have any other second? Yeah, well, thanks for. No, we're good. Okay. No, I guess we should probably wrap it up. All right. Well, until next the next time, we could do another one hopefully in the future. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on by the mm -hmm. podcast this week. Really appreciate it. Every time you're a guest here. Yeah. Thanks for, ha yeah, yeah, no thanks problem. for having me. Um. So everybody, thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll we'll talk to you next time on the Randy Russell podcast.